All right, good morning. Good to see you this morning. Um, here, come here. This is Oliver. You all know Oliver. It was five years ago today that I held him for the first time as a grandpa. Greatest Christmas ever, right? Isn't that right? Are you the reason for a good Christmas? Yeah, okay. Hey, this morning, uh, I, I shared with some of you as you were coming in. This is, kind of, this is special to us. Uh, this, this holiday season, uh, we're celebrating Jesus. I think I've said that the past couple, couple Sundays, but what a great opportunity for those of us who have children, young children in our families. Uh, I, I want you to always celebrate Jesus well and, and celebrate in front of the kids so as they grow up, they'll have an opportunity. Man, they'll ask questions as they get older, but, but set it in their hearts so they know the story, and then they'll have that opportunity later in life to choose it for themselves, Right? And, and, but the only way it's going to be set in their lives is if it's set in our lives. If it's not just, man, something we celebrate or we go do at times, but it's some, something that is real and genuine in our lives. This morning, welcome to our living, living room, okay? I was thinking uh, what, what we're actually doing uh, is, is probably better suited in your living room. Uh, each of you have plastic bags with puzzle. It, it, it is a puzzle, Okay. And what we're going to ask you to do, this might be a little awkward for some of you, but if you could kind of maybe get in family groups, we say family groups, if you could grab someone here who's by themselves a single or older folks, if you want to do it together, uh, we're going to have you put together and, and read that passage of scripture that's on there. So we're going to give you about uh, five to ten minutes for everybody to have the opportunity. If you want to, families, if you want to go to the floor, if that's easier, this, like I said, this is, this is something you don't do in church. We're going to do it in church today. Get comfortable. Find an area. Put the puzzle together. And, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get together here in just a second. Go ahead, and, go ahead and do that now. Here, you go find your mom. All right? There you go. All right, all right. I think a majority of the puzzles have been put together. There, there are a few, and I'm disappointing you because I'm going to move forward. But it, hopefully you've gotten to this place to where we could read that passage together. Uh, are you ready? Uh, it, is, it is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All right, that's the passage. Do we, do we know the circumstances that that's spoken around? I mean, who said it and what were the circumstances? Do we, do we know what they are? It is found in that passage. It would be in Luke 2 uh, along with that, that verse 14. Prior to that, an, an angel came and, and made an announcement that uh, today in the town of, of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. Uh, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So this was happening. This, this nativity we see was happening. I, I want you to also notice that I removed the wise men because they weren't there yet. I'm just being real accurate, okay? So, so if someone's saying, wait, where, where are my wise men? Well, I took them out. I, and there was only one shepherd. But there's Joseph, Mary, and a baby in there. And, and on this particular night... Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 
And it, it, it obviously happened at night. And, and an angel made the announcement to a group of shepherds. And, and to me, I think that's amazing. It wasn't to, to, to people of great importance or great wealth. It was, it was to common, everyday, hardworking people that received the announcement from the angels. And it wasn't just one angel. There was a host of angels that showed up at this announcement. And they declared, you know, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And now that's the King James Version. We gave you the King James Version. And it's really, that there's more content in this message in other versions. For instance, yeah, NIV, it says goodwill on whom God's favor rests, okay? And, and, but even better, many of, it, many of people that, that I know are, are, have been changing to the English Standard Version. And in the English Standard Version, it says, uh, peace on earth uh, with whom he is pleased. And, and those are the most common words and, and better understanding even for me. You know, it, it just, boy, that, that makes sense to me. Peace on earth on whom uh, God, uh, excuse me, I'm going back to the NIV, with whom he is pleased, with whom God is pleased. And, and in this time of year, why do we celebrate? Because God made his move. Uh, the, I, I mean, he, throughout history, he's made a lot of moves. This is the greatest move of his love for humanity in sending Jesus into this world. His birth is coming into this world. And that is a reason for us to celebrate. Okay, uh, so we, as we think about it, I, I want to share a little bit focused on, on that last phrase, on, on, on whom God is pleased. Uh, God has made it possible for you and I to be pleasing to him. I want to I talk, because in the way those others, it, that it's translated, it's not just like this blanket statement that says, you know, and peace on earth, uh, goodwill toward men. It sounds like, well, everybody's included. And, and, it, and that peace is available, but is it available to everybody? Uh, in the scripture, we know that God chooses who, he, who he's pleased with. He actually makes a, a choice of who he's pleased with. Uh, it, it is not those who are sinful and disobedient, uh, who rebel against him, who ignore him. Uh, he, they're not pleased. Matter of fact, they are prepared for his judgment. That includes you and I. Uh, just, just, just to make clear that, that sinfulness, we're all broken in that way. Uh, in the scripture, we could see that God specifically has chosen some people that he's pleased with. Uh, we could say Noah. In, in one case, we, we remember the scripture saying in a time that was full of wickedness that, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I, one way we could put it, or Noah found favor. He found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. And it was through Noah he did something special. Abraham the same way. Uh, that, that Abraham, uh, because he listened and, and was faithful before God and, and, and following after what he uh, asked him to do, that, that I believe Abraham also found favor from God. Jo God chose Abraham for a great task to create a nation. Man, that was favor. Uh, later on in, in history, you know, there was David. David, David, I believe, found favor 
and God choosing him to be king over Israel. And also choosing, specifically, it was his throne that was going to be uh, lasting eternally, was the prophecy. It's through you that, that the throne is going to be established eternally, David. And it was also identified that, hey, listen, uh, David was after God's heart. It, it was a man after God's own heart. God favored David, but let me tell you what, David also lived a life favoring God. He found pleasure in God as his creator, as his shepherd, as it would say in Psalm 23, right? We could go to many other examples in the Old Testament to see specifically people who, who God found uh, that, 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 that they pleased God. But we go into the New Testament, we go to Luke chapter 1. There's a, a lady named Mary. Uh, a young, young lady named Mary, and, and here's a couple of verses when an, an announcement, an important announcement was made to her. In verse 28, the scripture says that an angel came to her. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. That's the beginning of the announcement to Mary. In verse 30, it says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. What's it saying? Mary, uh, God was pleased with Mary. God was pleased with Mary. And, and through Mary, he chose to bring Jesus into this world. Uh, there, there's favor. There's, there's people who have pleased him. I do believe it had, had to do with people who, who they, God had their attention, for one thing, and they trusted. Were they perfect people? No. We look at David, we think, no, he wasn't perfect. Noah wasn't perfect. Abraham wasn't perfect in, in everything. But they listened to God. And, and, and they trusted God. And, and we know uh, specifically that that was their plus. And God, what was even more special about them is God chose them. God chose them. Um, God's favor, again, I'm going to emphasize this, but, but God's favor is not given to everyone. We go into the Old Testament and see a lot of people who, who were disobedient, rebellious, and we see people today the same way. Not everyone is receiving the peace that has come into this world. I want you to understand that. It's not just a blanket, man, peace is coming to this peace on earth and goodwill to everyone. It's not that. The Scripture doesn't say that. Matter of fact, again, the SV, NIV with whom he's pleased. So our question is, well, who is he pleased with? God is pleased with those who receive his gift. God, God is pleased with those who receive the gift that he sent into this world, Jesus Christ. I want to I wanna look at, at just briefly here a, a passage of Scripture in Colossians uh, chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul actually lays out uh, specifically what it means, how, how, how God finds pleasure in people. And, and so here it is. Colossians 1 verse 19. I'm just going to walk through it and, and point out a couple things as we go through it, not take a lot, a lot of time with this. But in verse 19 it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. He's been talking about Jesus. He's been talking about Jesus. So specifically, uh, Paul is saying, For God was pleased to have all all his fullness indwelling Jesus. That, that's his gift to this world. God came, or, or God sent his son into this world, and in Jesus, all the fullness of God dwelt in him. 
He was fully God. He's fully man as, as a son born through, through Mary, but he was fully God and fully man. The verse continues on, verse 20. Here's why he came. And through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. Reconcile, that's a bigger word. Uh, and, and the simple way to, to, uh, to identify what reconcile means is to make right. To make right. Uh, it, it, it means that through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, he brought peace. Look at the last part of that. That, that by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. That's how he did it. This child who came into the world had to face the, the cross. The reason he came is to shed his blood upon the cross. That is through that shedding of his blood that we have a means of his peace. Of, of peace. That is a right relationship with God. Um, what, what else does that mean? Let me read the, rest, the next two verses. Uh, verse 21 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because, because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. That might even help us to identify a little bit better what it means, the fact that we're reconciled through Jesus' blood. What does it, what does it mean exactly? Well, it, it means you're unblemished, cleansed with that blood, no longer bearing within yourself all the guilt of your sin. No longer bearing this, the guilt of your sin. Also, and, and, and with that happening, there is no accusation against you. You see, because of sinfulness, there's an accusation that hangs over your heads. There's a condemnation that you, let's, let's just say it, you deserve because of your sinfulness, your brokenness, your ugliness. And God sent Jesus for this reason to reconcile, to make right, to bring peace between us and him in order that we might be unblemished and cleansed, made holy, so that, so that there is no accusation laid up upon you and I through Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Verse 21 helps us, maybe, maybe helps us to define what that word grace is. Because what I've been talking about is all about grace. 21 says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. There, we could say, uh, 21, we got to take ownership of that. That's who we are. Uh, once you were alienated from God, separated from him, for why? Because of the sinfulness in our lives. A holy God cannot be in relationship with an unholy people. Holy God cannot be in a, in a holy relationship or a right relationship with an unholy people. And unholy people is exactly what we are without him. Without him. Uh, it, it doesn't take much. One, you know, a, a lie uh, 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 some hate, some words, some, some brokenness, we, and we're all familiar with it. Uh, whatever it is, it has caused us to be separated from God, and that's who we are. This is what grace is. It is undeserved favor. It is under, it, it's, it's, it's a gift that we receive from God that you and I don't deserve because verse 21 identifies who we are. 
We need to understand what grace is. Uh, there is no way for you to earn it. If you feel like today, man, I'm, well, I'm living a good life. You know, I've, I've not hurt anybody's feelings. I, I, I've, you know, the things I've done might be, you know, I, there's no reason for me to be put in jail and things like that. Then we don't understand what grace is. We, if we're making excuses or trying to explain how good we are, we really don't grasp the idea of, of this undeserved gift that God has given us. How important is that? Know and understand the fact that God sent his son into this world is, is a gift that, wow, we, 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 cannot, we cannot earn, that we do not deserve. And, and so, man, that, that is exactly why you and I have this opportunity and ought to take uh, every, every opportunity we can to celebrate the coming of God's gift into this world. Amen? That's, that's what we're doing, celebrating Jesus coming into this world. I, wanna, I, I think it's important. I haven't done this in a while, but I, I think this is something that we need to do, is to say that, you know, make this very clear that everyone, although not, everyone's not included in that, you know, to those whom God is pleased, but everybody has that availability. Everybody has that availability. They could receive that gift. You are able to receive God's gift of Jesus. You are able to receive that, uh, to be at that place where there's no blemish, no stain upon you, uh, no accusation, no condemnation over you. You receive that forgiveness. The most ba basic answer to the question would be, to, to this would, uh, is, well, well, the basic question would be, how can I get God's pleasure? Or how, how can I have God pleased with me? How, how do I get to that place? Uh, and, and basically, the easiest answer in Scripture is, hey, you believe in Jesus. That's the beginning point, believing in the gospel message that's laid out for you. We understand that. It is, it is believing that Jesus is, is the Lord. In, in Colossians 1.23, if we take it one step further, it does lay out a condition. Here it is, verse 23 says, if you continue in your faith. He said, you receive all this. Uh, Jesus, who has all my fullness, he, he came to reconcile you, and you receive this if you continue in your faith. And, and it also includes this, and you don't, don't let go of this gospel message. Uh, the gospels are real clear. There is only one means to our salvation. There is only one means to our, faith, our, our peace. That's Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. There is no other way. Are we clear on that? Uh, man, we lose the celebration if we think there's several ways. We lose the idea of, of the significance of this celebration if we think there are other ways. Or if we think that we have the ability just to be pleasing God just by doing good stuff. We miss the idea about what this celebration's about if we, if we neglect to remember that, that, uh, that Jesus came and, and, and we are so much in need. When we're seeking God's favor, when we're seeking God's favor, it is about believing in Jesus, but his word lays out some other details I think it's important just to express this morning. Uh, to believe in Jesus is the beginning, but his word, man, that ought to draw us to his word, to, to read it and, and find out what it, it, it lines us for, to do. For instance, confession. 
is, is one of those things that Paul lays out. He says in Romans 10 verse 9, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, uh, you will be saved. Uh, to, to the first group who ever heard this gospel message after the receiving of the Holy Spirit, uh, they responded and said, well, what, what do we need to do? And he said, well, there's two things. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and, and, and for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, those two things. What is repentance? Repentance is, well, a lot of people just think it mean, means you're feeling sorry. But it's so much more than that. Repent, repentance is turning away from the direction, actually the life that you are living, whether it's self-centered or sinful life, to turning around and, and pursuing him. It is a decision. It's, man, it's, it's an ongoing life for the believer. I think repentance is a continued part. And connected to that, I believe, is, is that baptism, repentance and baptism. Baptism is, is like at that beginning. Uh, Romans 6, if, if you want to know more about baptism, what Paul says about baptism, read Romans 6. It's there, he said, you know, we are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. So, so baptism, in our faith, we move forward with what Scripture calls us to do. And I think the significance of this is we see in, in baptism actually a burial of, of the old person of sin. I'm, I'm able to, to be joined in, in that sense with Jesus and being buried and then being raised to new life. That's the significance of, of baptism. Again, it is an action, an activity of our faith to follow through with that. It is, without faith, you're just getting wet, right? A lot of people have gotten wet because, boy, I'm just checking off my boxes. But when it's an activity of our faith, Trusting what Jesus has done, what he's called us to do. It, it is significant, uh, that transformation in our life. And when I say that transformation, man, the, after, after that, it's about growing, maturing in Christ. You know, it's not just making a decision and, and saying some words or even a prayer. Boy, you just pray this prayer. Nowhere in Scripture does it have someone praying a prayer. I, I, man, prayer's been a part of a lot of people. I pray with folks before we're baptized or pray with folks if they're in the midst of uh, repentance. So I understand how that connects. But there's so much more than just saying a prayer and that's it. That, there's activity. And, and growth is part of that. You see, in Scripture, and especially in Second Peter, it says that God's given us everything we need for life and godliness. What has he given us? <laughs> He's given us his word. He's given us his son. That, 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 that again, that, that reconciliation, that cleansing over our lives in his blood to bring us into that peace. And he's given us everything. These are the same things for us to grow. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Oh, man, that speaks to us. And, 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 and I, I do believe the Scripture and the Holy Spirit work together. So knowing it and, and for him to, to, to grow and feed upon is so important to work on in our lives. And I think the church is also a part of that growing. Man, we need each other, don't we? We, we need each other. I need you to challenge me. And I want to be here to challenge you and to encourage you. And, 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 and that we're doing that. For each other, praying for each other, loving one another, even if, if we have the opportunity to come alongside and say, you know, to correct someone, 
Maybe they see a sinfulness working in their life. We want that to happen. Why? Because more than anything else in this life, we, we, we're favored by God. But guess what? In this faith, we have, we have uh, the ability to actively live lives that favor God. To love him. To serve him. To, to, to live with a thankful heart, not just during Christmas, but all year long. And live a life that's loving uh, such a great God as our God who sent this gift into the world. Isn't that right? Amen to that. Listen, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to, do, to those whom God is pleased. We're, we're going to partake communion. Let's slide right into it. Jesus came into this world, and when I say he was fully man, he, he came through, through Mary, was born, was crying. I mean, and he felt pain, he felt hunger all, all throughout his life, and he went through difficulties and, and, and lots of suffering. He, he, he felt rejected, ignored. Uh, he was rejected in his own hometown. All the things he, he, uh, he went through uh, on our behalf. Uh, but the, the greatest thing that he did, that he came for again, was being nailed to the cross. That body of Jesus was nailed to the cross, and that is our reconciliation, our uh, coming into a peaceful relationship with God, a right relationship with God. Let's partake together, thinking about the body of Jesus Christ. And then as Colossians says, it, it is through the shedding of his blood that we're reconciled. That, that's where our peace comes from. Jesus, who lived perfectly, holy life, the only one who was able to do it was that perfect sacrifice upon the cross, the shedding of his blood. The place, the stains upon you is washed away through that blood of Jesus. Let's partake together.